Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. Good to be in the house of the Lord again. So grateful for what God is doing on today. Are you glad to be in the house of God? Oh, thank you, sir. Amen. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I'm grateful that I can come into the house of God and actually experience the presence of God. This is the last, thank you, sir. This is the last lesson here for uh, the series that we've been talking about. And, you know, there was some more that I would have liked to uh, touch on when we were talking about confusion and how that hinders people from going and accomplishing the things that Jesus requires of us. Um, one thing I will bring out is, and we've talked about this before uh, a little bit, um, but it's so important to understand, have an understanding. You know, one of, if you look at it, the, the a lot of the issues that we experience in our world, a lot of the conflict that we have in our world is due to a lack of understanding. I mean, folks live the life that they live because they don't have an understanding. You know, and the Bible even tells us that. So when you have people that don't understand, then there's really not much that they can do to live for God until they come to that point of understanding. Even the disciples, as they were following Jesus, all the times that he taught them, there was a time when the Bible says he opened up their understanding. And when he opened up their understanding, then they were able to see clearly. They were able to get the full concept of what Jesus was teaching. And as a result, he empowered them to be able to go out and do what it is that he commissioned them to do. Today, we still we are the same in regards to going out and carrying out the work of God uh, that we have been commissioned to do. But we cannot do that without an understanding. A lot of people are in church. Some folks have been in church for quite some time, but you'll be surprised how many folks are sitting in the pews and still lack understanding. And so, you know, Bible t teaches us, and we read the scripture last week, in all thy getting, get an understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing, but in all thy getting, what? Get an understanding, right? So God wants us to understand uh, what it is that he is requiring of us. And sometimes that understanding may not come right away. So I want to clarify because, you know, if you're waiting for God to give you an understanding before you commence to doing what God is telling you to do, it may not always come that way. Sometimes you just got to move and obey and trust God. And at, in due time, the, the song says we'll understand it better by and by. So some things God will reveal, you'll be surprised how many times God will take you through something and you begin to understand it as you're going through it. So it's not an excuse not to do what God is requiring us to do. Well, I don't understand it. You know, some folks will get beside, you know, beside themselves and, well, you know, I didn't get the full, I didn't get the full message. God, you didn't give me the full details, so I'll wait until you do that and then I'll. 
But that's not how we respond to God. Amen. God will give us the understanding that we need to do what it is that he's requiring us to do. But when you know for sure that God is moving upon you to do something, don't wait until you think you've gotten all the full details to commence to doing what God is telling you to do. But the thing I wanted to really bring out in in talking about confusion is uh, sometimes when you're dealing with people, you'll find that you're different. Was that a revelation for somebody? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Different, right? So with different people comes different ways of thinking, different ways of behaving, right? Sometimes, you know, you've got some folks who, you know, they like to joke around a lot. And then you got other folks who are serious. You got some folks who are sarcastic, you know, and so... If you're not careful, you're dealing with people that are different and you can take things the wrong way. We call that a personality conflict. And all too often, if you look at it, if you look at it, at least in my experience, what I've seen in the church, a lot of the issues come back to personality conflict. If you really consider it. You got folks that are bitter and hostile toward one another, and a lot of it just comes to the fact that I really don't understand who you are as an individual. Now, think about a relationship. It takes time to build a relationship, right? As you build a relationship, especially in in the realms of marriage, the more you spend time with one another, the more you learn about that individual, right? Now, consider this. People change over time. Now, so think about it. You start off in the relationship. This is why, I, you know, I tell my kids, I say, you can do all the dating you want to do. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that you know that person in and out. Dating is not going to help you. <laughs> That's something that came from the world. That's not biblical. But when you, when you date someone, you know, the intent was supposed to be originally Let's spend time so we can get to know one another, right? The world says, I want to get to know you so I can determine whether or not you're the one I want to marry. Of course, now that's different. (laughs) Dating is just another word for rendezvous. But, you know, you, (laughs) you get to know that individual... And you think you got it all down packed and you get married and within the first year you start realizing there's some little nuances that you didn't really catch before. Dirty socks on the floor that, the you know, I don't understand why my husband won't pick up the dirty socks. Off the, what is the problem? <laughs> right? But it starts, now think about it. Now it starts with that, then there's some other habits. Well, you know, I went out and I bought some stuff that I really wanted. I didn't really think to ask. I just, you know, I was used to going out and buying. If I saw something I wanted, I went and bought it. Well, these things start to, you know, things start to happen and people start getting agitated. So now then within the first year, first two years, now somebody needs counseling. Now you got excuses, I fell out of love. 
<laughs> I just can't stand. We don't communicate. We can't communicate right. You know, he just don't listen to me or she, you know, and all these things start coming out. And when you really look at it, it's a matter of understanding how to get along with one another. Understanding the other individual. Because in most cases, it's a communication barrier. Can you think of how many times people have harbored things and didn't express things that agitated them? And then it just built up and it became this big old mountain. But when you actually disassemble the mountain, you start realizing it's just comprised of a whole bunch of insignificant So as they say, don't make a mountain out of a molehill, right? But that's what happens. And that's what happens in the church body. That's how we become divided. Because folks are just looking at little things that, you know, and they're misunderstanding the fact that, like, if you, you know, you get somebody that jokes. I, I, I know I've come in contact with folks that, you know, would make certain comments or whatever, and they would be sarcastic. I'm more serious. Like, I can joke around every now and then, but I'm just more of the serious type. But if I'm not careful, now I'm taking it as, oh, okay, so they want to talk about me like that, huh? That's that's how they that's how they treat me? Yeah, okay. Now I'm upset. I'm going out of my way to make sure I don't interact with that individual. And all it is is a personality company. So if I understand that that individual is just sarcastic, they're not... You know, I'm not meaning anything by it, but that's just part of their personality. Me understanding that, it will help me. You ever walk by somebody and you say hello and or good morning or whatever, you give a greeting and they don't speak back to you? Don't that rub you the wrong way? Be like, well, thank you, Jesus. We got some Christian folks up in here. That's what I'm talking about. You... <laughs> You got some folks, if you was like me, I, you know, I used to walk by people and be like, oh, you don't talk to me? You got some issues. You know, the next time I talk to you, you better not need nothing. Now, that's not Christian-like, but that's just the way it impacted me. But see, remember what, if you remember what we talked about last week, talk, taking things at face value, and then processing it, creating my own value, my own internal value about what I've seen, what I've observed. But perhaps maybe they didn't hear me. So they're not mean, they're not being rude, they're not being mean, they just didn't hear me. But because they didn't respond to me, I can take that the wrong way, and then I start acting in certain ways that's not right, all because of a misunderstanding. You get some people, you know, <clears throat> I use the uh, examples, some people that are organized and some people that know how to prioritize. You know, those are two different things. But a lot of people will associate them together. You know, so you say, well, you organize, man, you must be able to prioritize. We make the assumption, but that's not always the case. So if I'm an organizer and I'm not a prioritizer and you get somebody that's a prioritizer and not an organizer, 
Sometimes it conflicts because assumptions are made. And while I'm talking about assumptions, that's another one of the things that's one of my pet peeves is assumptions. You know how much trouble you can get in because of making assumptions? Well, I figured the pastor knew I wasn't going to be at church because I didn't show up. (laughs) I assume it was okay, you know. A lot of assumptions made and people get in trouble, you know, just making assumptions. Look at somebody say, don't make assumptions. (laughs) It don't hurt to clarify sometimes. If you like people I've interacted with, you know, sometimes you you get a task and they say, yeah, can you do such and such? And you you think you're doing it right. And you come back and you figure out, no, that's not what I meant. Well, I just assumed that you wanted it done this way. Cause, well, did you ask for clarification? No, I just assumed it. Assuming can get you in trouble sometimes. So. But when you're talking about organizing, prioritizing, some folks can, you know, I use the example, you know, some folks can write a list of things. Well, by definition, because I have lists, that's organizing. I'm organized. I've got my stuff structured in a certain way. But that doesn't mean that everything's prioritized in the level of importance. So even though I have a list, you know, in the military, we we got, you know, if you remember those green books that we used to get, and we take our notes down on what, you know, tasks that we need to accomplish, right? Even though you take that list down, you got to figure out now, well, let's see, this is for Sergeant Major, this is for the Colonel, this is for the higher command, or which one is more important, right? So you got to learn how to prioritize levels of importance. So sometimes, you know, just because you're organized doesn't mean that you know how to prioritize, you know, and vice versa. The other, you know, the other thing is planning and execution. Some people can plan great, come up with great plans. You ever hear, you ever been in a group of people and they just come up with great ideas? It's like, oh man, we should do this, we should do that. But then when it's time to execute, it's not we, it's me. (laughs) Not everybody can execute. But you got some folks that have some great ideas. So, these are these are just some examples when you're dealing with people, you know, you find that, man, you, if it's, you're not understanding the other individual. You know, I, I, come, I grew up in the city. So for me, when I saw certain people, like if you was extra nice to me, I was looking to see what it is that you wanted from me. You being extra nice, I don't trust you. What you up to? And because of some experiences that I had in my life, that was just the, the mindset that I had. If you're coming and you're doing, you're being extra nice, but see, there's some people that don't understand that concept. For some people, it's like, well, I don't understand what the big deal is, you know, just being nice. They don't get that. And if we're not careful, again, it's a personality conflict because then I'm looking at you like, man, I can't, I can't stand that individual. I don't know what they're up to, but they, they're always trying to be nice to me, you know. It's something they're trying to get out of me, but I... I ain't got time for that. 
But if you grew up in certain places, you didn't have to worry about that. And you're looking at it like, man, I don't know why they're being so rude and so ungrateful and so, like, I'm just trying to be nice. Well, <laughs> what's the problem? These are things that, that cause a lot of issues, cause a lot of separation. So when you start talking about going to church and you see cliques, these are some of the reasons why. And then when we start talking about, like I said before, when you start going, it really becomes an issue when you start talking about other people because of an issue that you have, what you've just done is sowed a seed of discord. You just planted that seed of discord, and, and a lot of times you just it's a misunderstanding, but you have now magnified, you've intensified the situation. Think about it. You've got other folks that, you know, we, we all come together. Can you, can you imagine, especially if it's a small church like this size, you know, you come to church and you got folks looking at other folks. Maybe you didn't even think that before, but now you're thinking a certain way because somebody sowed a seed of discord. And now you can't help but look at that individual and wonder. Even if you're not convinced about it, now you're looking at them and wondering, and that impedes upon your ability to truly fellowship. As brothers and sisters. So that, you know, and all the enemy is looking for is just one little crack to drive a wedge between God's people. But like we said before, God is not the author of confusion. God desires for us to have an understanding. Because in having an understanding, when we really truly see things, not for just what they appear to be, but for what they truly are, God gives us that insight. God gives us foresight. He gives us the ability to be able to understand things truly so that we can behave responsibly. We can do the things that we're supposed to do. When we worry less about those things, when we get rid of some of those things that impede upon our ability to, to execute what Jesus is commissioning, commissioning us to do, we can be more effective as a body. Amen? The last body that should be sick and filled with ailments is the body of Christ. How can we help restore others and get others to the point of deliverance and salvation? How can we get them to come to a point where they're made whole if we're fragmented? So we can't afford to have confusion. Amen. Last thing we'll talk about, I know I took a few minutes to talk about that, but hopefully, you know, that, that drives home is something that we need to keep in mind as a body. And that's not just talking about Calvary Apostolic, but that's talking about the body of Christ as a whole. I know sometimes people will listen in on, on the, the, uh, the recorded message here. And so, you know, whoever it is, we need to consider that as, pe as members of the body of Christ. We need to make sure that we are assessing ourselves and making sure we're positioning ourselves to do what Jesus is calling us to do. We don't have time to worry about all that other crazy mess and give the room to destroy the body. Amen. So talking about distractions today, <clears throat> that is what we're uh, going to be focusing on for the rest of this time here. Uh, and distractions are something, they can be something that's more personal or individual. Um, if you can look at this, you may not be able to do it on the screen, uh, but some of you have probably seen this before, right? And this is one of those optical illusions. 
you're supposed to take and count the number of black dots. <laughs> so as you look at it, you're trying to count one and then you, it turns white or, turn, or vice versa, depending on what your perspective is, how you see it. But they tell you, you know, try to count the number of dots, whether it be white or black. You know, you try to count them and you, you see in the other ones and you're just like, this is messing up my eyes. So you're trying to focus, but you soon realize that there are other things that are pulling your attention away because you're like, man, what is going on? I'm, just, I'm trying to focus on this and counting and just 35. You, you counted the squares. <laughs> you counted the dots. All right. So distractions, uh, a distraction is something that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. I want to start off with uh, Hebrews 12, Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 2, Hebrews chapter 12, excuse me. Somebody gave a joke and said, yeah, we know that God drank coffee, and uh, they said because there's a book in there called Hebrews. (laughs) that's the old (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 2 thank you wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside Every, everybody say weight. And the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto who? Looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. In the Amplified Version it says, Let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. Notice in here that it talks about every weight and sin. So sometimes, you know, you look at things and it's just like, well, it may not be classified as sin, but it may be a weight. It may be something that's still dragging us down 
or weighing us down and holding us back, preventing us from being able to do what it is that we're supposed to do. But in verse 2, he says, looking away that, from the things that will distract, to who? To Jesus. <clears throat> so again, as I give you the definition of distraction, is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Or in this case, someone else who is Jesus. Our focus as children of God should be on Jesus Christ. Amen. In our society, more and more people are beginning to experience difficulty channeling their focus in a specific direction. And on the other hand, there are some people who become obsessively focused on specific things without giving their attention to other things. There is a difference between determination and obsession. When you're determined to do something, you are focused on that because that is something that's going to develop you. It should be. Some folks are determined to do the wrong thing. But as children of God, we should be focused on the things that's going to develop us. But when you're obsessed about something, nine times out of ten, your obsession with things is what's pulling you away from your development. In fact, you find it hard to focus on anything else because you're so obsessed with that individual thing. And so it's important as we are living this life and walking this walk, it's important to make sure that we're not distracted. I was walking through Walmart the other day or the other week, and I had my little son with me, and we're going, and and I, I had in my mind what I was trying to get. And I told him, I said, you're going to stay with me, stay with me, we're going to walk. And uh, we came by a whole basket of candy, and he stopped by there to say, oh, look, this candy. Oh, can we have this? Can we have? Come on, son, we're not getting that. We're going to get something else. Then we stopped by batteries, and he wanted to touch the big battery. Oh, can we touch the battery? And, you know, and he found things that he that was pulling his attention away. But we have went there for a specific purpose, and sometimes we can be like that spiritually. God, you know, God is trying to lead us to a certain place, and sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll be pulled away, uh, focused on other things. Distractions have very little to do with our ability to focus. Instead, the problem lies within our willingness to focus. When you talk about being distracted, everyone has the ability to focus on something. I know they have these diagnoses, you know, ADD, or actually it's ADHD now, and um, OCD and all this other stuff that they talk about, you know, people's inability to focus on something or, you know, the obsessive compulsive disorder where you just so focused on one i gotta have these pencils you try to have a conversation with that individual and they're looking at the fact that you know the pencils are not in line with the lines on the calendar you just gotta i gotta line them up so they look just right and they missed the whole message <laughs> but everybody has an ability to focus it's a matter of what we're willing to focus our attention on In most cases, we're willing to focus on things that we consider to be valuable. It is in our nature to consider ourselves before anyone else in the flesh. As a result, we only express interest in the things that matter to us. That is why 
you can't carry conversations with some people like you talk to some people you try to talk to some people and have a conversation and uh i heard it said before you know you have people that listen to actually hear to receive and then you have people that listen to respond they're not they're not actively listening and i probably said that wrong but they're not actively listening to gain anything from the conversation from you they're actually listening waiting for the opportunity to double dutch on in and give their give their point i just i'm waiting soon as you soon as i and you, <laughs> you know it's hard for folks like that when you got people that you're talking to that just talk 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 like they don't have no space you know supposed to have like double space in between the period of the sentence and the next and some people just just talk, talk, talk. It's like a comma. It's like a run-on sentence. It's commas throughout the whole conversation. And you're looking for a way to, you know, give your point. But you have some people that just can't wait. Man, I got to give my, I got to express my point, man. I ain't even listen to nothing that you said. And you can tell, like, if you just have a conversation, you just switch it up and talk about something else, something totally off subject. You know, you can tell they ain't listening. She'd be like, yeah, and, I, I, and I've done this a couple of times. <laughs> People I work with, I know they're not listening. They just focus on something else. And you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to tell them something about the job or whatever, and they're not listening. I say, yeah, and I bought a loaf of bread from the store. And they, some have responded, say, yeah. And I'm like, you aren't even listening. <laughs> Me buying a loaf of bread had nothing to do with the analysis that I'm doing with these numbers. <laughs> but we have the ability to focus. It's a matter of what we want to focus on. The danger to that is that we will miss important things if we're not careful because we're so willing to focus on things that may not be important at the time. So, i.e., when we in church and the message and the word of God is coming forth, you know, if you ever been in, you've been in church for a length of time and you hear people in their message say, I know some of y'all worried about what you got in the crock pot or whatever you got cooking at home, you know, but focus on the message so you don't miss out. They got these things down in school. What is it called? The, the what is it? Fidget spinners. They're supposed to be so that, you know, for people who fidget, who, who can't really. So they allowed it in school. I guess it was supposed to help, and then they realized it wasn't helping because it was distracting the students from getting the lesson. And we are living we are living in a time right now where there's just you cannot get people to focus, not even to have a conversation anymore. It's very rare that you've run into people now where you can actually sit and have a conversation where people actually care about what you're talking about. Without thinking about the next thing I have to do. Well, I got to do this and I got to do that. And just running, 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 running. Just going, going, going. There's a lot of distractions in our world today. And some of them are externally influenced. Some distractions, you know, it's just a matter of us. Some of them are externally influenced. Not controlling, but influenced. Okay. Satan, who is the enemy of our souls, is achieving success in distracting many people in our society today. 
He merely caters to the desires of the flesh. Notice what I said. He does not have the ability to control you unless you give up the control that you have. If you give it over to him, that's the only way that he can control you. But he does not have the ability to just come and control you and make you do stuff. You have to give yourself over to him. Everybody with me? There's too many folks giving Satan too much credit. Just like the devil could not make Eve eat from the tree. Nowhere in the scripture does it say he made her. He only influenced her, enticed her. But here's what he played on. The desire of the flesh. This is what makes it so compelling to do the wrong thing because that's what he's catering to in the first place. This very thing that we live in. What does the Bible say about, you know, lust? And I even get to that point, but, you know, lust of the flesh. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Well, he knows what caters to the, he knows what pleases you. He knows what things are going to make you feel good. The things that you hunger, the things that you have to battle against and overcome in your life. He knows those things, your weaknesses, and those are the things he's going to prey on. Those are the things that he's looking for. Some of it may not be, you know, cigarettes and alcohol. Some of it may just be a bad attitude. Soon as soon as you get offended, you know, some of it may just be, oh, I get offended real quick. He'll keep allowing or sending stuff your way to make you feel offended. To get you distracted so you're not focused. I told somebody before I say the same thing again. The devil don't have to come up with new tricks because he's using the same tricks. They're effective. They're working. People are still becoming casualties to the same tricks that he's used from day one. So why should he have to reinvent the wheel? At some point... It's up to us to decide whether or not we're going to give him that access and that control in our lives. No, I'm not going to be distracted by that. You know what? I just realized this is your tactic against me, but I've got another strategy. Instead of getting offended this time, God, help me. Search my heart. Help me to forgive. Even if somebody did me wrong, help me to forgive. I'm, I'm determined not to get offended this time. I'm taking a different approach. And you know how you do that? By staying focused on Christ. I guarantee you if you stay focused on Christ, you'll find less and less things bringing you to that point where you're just so offended and you're just so ready. That you just you got all kinds of stuff going on in your heart that's pulling you away from Christ. You can't be departed from Christ if you're focused on Christ. You don't have to believe it, but it's true. It's amazing how many folks will come up with so many excuses why they won't live for God. But you got to think about it. Who's making you do the things that you do? Who's making you walk away from Christ? Think about it. Things don't go right in the church. I don't like the pastor. He ain't preaching truth. Okay. 
But who you focused on? Who you focused on? Well, I'm leaving, so now I got resentment, I got bitterness, I ain't going back to that place. I don't like that man, I don't like what, okay. Who's causing you to think, do the things that you do? Who are you walking away from? Are you walking away from the lies, or are you walking away from Christ? Because if Christ is leading me, then he's going to lead me to where he wants me to be. I won't leave church and just not go to church at all. Y'all see where I'm getting at? I'm not saying you got to sit under, if his truth is not being taught or preached, I'm not saying you got to sit under, but you got to make sure you're being led by the right one, by Jesus Christ. You live with the wrong things in your heart, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be just like everybody else, and you're living out there, and you know you shouldn't be living that way, but you're not even going to church at all. Why? Because you left because you were bitter. You left because you had an issue with an individual. You didn't leave because you had an issue with what was being preached. You just left because I don't really like that individual. So what's happening now? Now you're not in church. You were distracted. You were pulled away from what was important. As Christians, we can't afford to be careless, inattentive, and unfocused. Everything that the enemy throws our way is appealing to the flesh. It doesn't appeal to the soul. Let me talk about this real quick. One of the things that he'll use to pull us away is adversity. And you can't have adversity without an adversary. What does the Bible say about our adversary? First Peter 5 and 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because what? Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Do you know what a lion can do to you? We got a story about, well, we got a couple stories, but we got one particular one with the Daniel in the lion's den, right? Got thrown in the den, nothing happened to him. And then after that, the ones that accused him got thrown in there, and they tore him up. Ain't nothing to play with. (laughs) They look like gentle cats in the zoo, but you get on the other side of that glass. Now, it didn't call the devil a, a lion, but it says he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The lion roars. One of the reasons why he roars is to intimidate his prey. So consider that when you start facing adversity and you start facing things in your life, the enemy is perhaps trying to intimidate you and get you to lose your focus. But Paul says, think it not strange, right? Concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. 
as though some strange thing happened unto you. First Peter four and uh, twelve. He says, but rejoice. And as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. You know what Solomon says in Proverbs 24 and 10? If thou faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. What are we up against? What are we really fighting against? As children of God, what are we up against? Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, right? We're up against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay. The enemy is throwing things our way, but he's given us an armor to put on, right? So that we could withstand in the evil day, having done all to do what? Stand. Not faint. Not quit. Not be distracted. Not be focused on the adversity. Things are going to come your way. Expect that if, you, if you're a child of God, you have made that commitment to serve Jesus Expect that there are going to be some things that's going to come your way. It's going to, some things are going to be sent to buffet you like it did Paul. But everything that comes your way, you must also keep in mind. Jesus says, I've overcome the world. I've overcome everything. There's nothing. He says, all power is given unto me. So in your time of adversity, you must understand that if God allows you to get to that point to go through it, then he's going to give you the power to get through it and overcome it. Adversity should not be something that causes us to lose sight of Christ. If anything, we cling to him that much more. My time is up. Already. Well, thank you, Jesus. Let's not be distracted. <laughs> Since I didn't get to the rest of the points, then I am. <laughs> but uh, let's make sure that we stay focused, do what we can to stay focused. This is one of the things that I believe in these last days is going to kill the church. And I say the church, I mean the members of the body of Christ. This is one of the things that's going to kill some of the members is the distractions. When you start seeing the things that Jesus already prophesied and said is going to come to pass, if we're not careful, we're going to see these things happen. They're going to come to our front door. And if we're not focused on Christ, it's going to pull our attention away. He already said, don't go when people say there's Christ, you know, false Christ coming about. Don't worry about the power that the beast is all, you know, all these miracles that's being performed. Don't you lose your focus on me. When I come back, everybody's going to know. And every knee was going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that I am Lord. Don't lose your focus. We can't afford to be distracted. Amen. We got a world that needs to be reached and we have to be focused. God is willing to use us so that we can reach a lost and dying world. And in order to do that, we must stay focused on Christ. Amen. Sorry, I didn't get to the rest of the lesson, but 
God bless you. Let's take a break. <laughs> 